0: welcome to another episode of one for the
1: table i'm john khan
0: and this is kimchi and this week john is visiting la still again over and over again
1: i'm still here still in la <laughs> now i'm just staying with kim i was in a hotel before but now i'm just here kim's a little salty right now because i ruined the most recent episode of drag race for her um i had no idea John likes to do this thing where
0: he would just like randomly blurt out, like, oh, so and so was illuminated. And I'm like, why would you just blurt that out? I was waiting to watch that episode. It's the same thing. When I was like watching Top Chef before, while watching, he's like, oh, so and so wins. And I'm like, why
1: would you say that? <laughs> I'm like in the middle of watching it. Wait, which is so funny because like I've, I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Top Chef. Before? That's even
0: worse. You don't even watch it and then... Why are you putting your two thumbs in while I'm watching it and trying to, like, feel my... <laughs> good. It's ruining and, it for me for no reason. I and, don't have that many <laughs> joys in life, and you take away the few joys
1: that I have.
0: It's not funny.
1: It's really funny. <laughs> uh, I wasn't even, like... I, I wasn't even anything, talking. I'm just
0: gonna spoil the ending for you now. Like, oh, I'm playing this game. I'm gonna Google the ending and just like straight up tell you what happens at the end.
1: See, I'm not the type of person that gets like upset about spoilers, really, because I take so long to catch up on any kind of pop culture or media or TV shows or anything that, like, oftentimes. Oh, you're so cool. Oh, uh, well, you don't keep up with pop real...
0: culture. You're so cool. <laughs>
1: I'm just, I'm just really slow to catch on to things. And so I wasn't even like spoiling the drag race thing for the sake of spoiling it. I um, was literally just like scrolling through threads, the new Twitter thing. And I was just reading a headline out loud, not even thinking about it because I saw Candy Muse and Jimbo picture on it, so I recognized it. I was like, oh, I'm just going to read this headline, and I read it out loud, and it just happened to be the spoiler for the finale. Of- Someone
0: doesn't even watch the show. Also, we don't even ever talk about Drag Race, and then for some reason, John thought today was like a good time to just randomly blurt out what's
1: illuminated on tonight's episode that I haven't watched yet that I was waiting to see. But are you also, like, based on the few times we did talk about Drag Race, specifically this season, you didn't really seem too invested in it to me
0: no because i don't talk to talk about it to you because you don't watch it
1: Um, why would i passionately talk
0: about a reality show that someone that you're not watching
1: why is this a good season
0: uh the season you know has its ups and downs but
1: (laughs) every season of dragons you know there's some sort of like entertaining moments you know true true and i i don't know i i really do like jimbo just based on the past couple of seasons that they've been on there but so, yeah, Kim was really, really upset. She was driving, so basically she drove into the middle of the street and killed us all, essentially, with Other butter guy. in the car. <laughs> fuck you and fuck you. <laughs> anyway, uh, best of luck to the finalists. Who do you want to win? Uh,
0: when it comes to, like, who do I want to win, I genuinely don't care because... um. Like, every yeah, person that yeah. goes on it, you know, like, they're a oh, queer artist with a dream. Mm-hmm. So I don't like public saying, like, so-and-so should win because yeah. I know what it's like being in that end. And, yeah, you know, like, the feelings do get hurt. Like, if you're that person and, like, some alumni from the show is like, oh, I think she should win. Then, uh-huh. I don't know. And the fan okay, is like, so- ooh like so-and-so only supports this queen so she clearly doesn't like the other ones or don't support it like that's not true at all
1: you know have you had like a favorite like look or favorite performance from this season i haven't seen it but i will eventually i don't want to talk to you about a show that like you don't watch (laughs) (laughs) well i i've got really invested in project run was that what we watched today project runway yeah yeah that was a really good show I'm the type of person that could watch like the middle of a season and like still get invested to into it i just need like an opportunity to watch it Mm -hmm. do you want to watch the episode of all stars after we're done recording this um because there's border it's going to be like no tension
0: because i already like know the ending so oh wow so you really are the type of person
1: that needs to not know huh
0: so I like watching it and then just based on like how like things are edited, I like to check out for like all oh, the editors are like showing this contestant crying. So whether they're winning or like they're being eliminated, just things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a fun game that I like to play with myself. Yeah.
1: And yeah. you took that chance for dopamine away from me. Yeah. So, so sorry. So sorry. Okay. Well, we had lots of dumplings today. Oh, the dumplings are very
0: delicious. So this whole week, um, we've actually been eating a lot of Chinese food because um, one of my good friend, Diana, Um, she's chinese and her mom is a phenomenal cook and she's visiting and she's staying with dinah for uh months or so and every time we go over her mom cooks so much
1: food and she cooks
0: like to the point where there's like so much leftovers and everything is really good but like we're literally like waddling out of there
1: yeah like just rolling out i think they made i think she made um what 350 dumplings handmade including the wrapper today we didn't eat them all but like you know they like to make them and then freeze them later on so they have dumplings like pre-made pre-cooked dumplings to quickly like make in the microwave and stuff which you can do and uh we just got to eat our fill out of that 350 and i think like between how many people there were there like six or seven
0: no no there was actually eight people
1: oh yeah that's right honey joined us after Um, how many dumplings do you think you eat? I think I could have eaten more or over 50 easily.
0: Oh my God. I don't know if I ate that many, but uh, I mean, these are very like hearty dumplings. They're very dense, but in like a good way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they
0: were Um, like jam-packed with ingredients. There was like a shrimp and chive one. And then there was like a pork and there were chives in there, but it was also very like gingery. Mm -mm.
1: It was so good. So soft, and everything was like handmade, including the wrappers. So it was like just that perfect, slippery, chewy. Oh, it was phenomenal! And because like it was the wrapper was handmade and not store made, like you could stuff them and they would stretch, so they were just like totally stretched out. It was just so so good. And obviously,
0: there's many different ways to prepare a dumpling you know, you can pan fry it, deep fry it, but um, boil it, and you steam it. But there's something about, like, a freshly boiled dumplings that is, like, straight out of a pot, and it's, like, boiling, and you're, like, blowing on it, like, to cool it down. Um, and then as as you bite into it, all the juice just, like, bursts into your mouth, and then you can taste, like, the soy sauce, vinegar, ginger, and then, like, the meat juice just, like, all coming together into this, like, one beautiful,
1: like, harmonious mm, bite. And there's something, like, just magical about boiled dumplings. It's so easy Or like a restaurant to mess up boiled dumplings, especially if they're like Mm -hmm. sitting in broth. Because ultimately, like, especially if you order them with other things, boiled dumplings can oftentimes get soggy and soft because they've just been sitting there the whole time. So it's easier, I think, just to make the perfect boiled dumpling at home, even if you make them by hand or even if you buy them pre-made, like it's all in the timing on how they come out really nice. And there are some exceptions to this, of course, but like ultimately, I think the best boiled dumplings I ever had were always at home or someone's home versus in a restaurant. Yeah, this isn't to say like steamed dumplings, hand fried dumplings, deep fried dumplings—totally different ball game. But boiled dumplings, which is also the easiest one to make at home, like oftentimes taste the best at home. I agree. Earlier in the week, her mom made all these like
0: pigs in a blanket, but she like made the bread from scratch. And she also made these like grilled dumplings um i think i like a similar feeling as the dumplings we ate today but those are also mm-hmm. like different in a good way because like they've been seared so one side is like crispy and then you bite into it and like the dough is like fluffy
1: yeah they were pan fried uh they're pan fried or pan grilled dumplings but the inside was still like the same pork and chive so it was like kind of sweet kind of savory with that oniony goodness but it was mm-hmm. crunchy instead of, like, soft and slippery, so it was, like, super, super good. And we had that for 4th of July, which I had never spent a 4th of July in Los Angeles before. Um, I never really understood until spending that here, what it was that, like, you always saw the PSAs for, like, veterans and dogs and people being stressed out in Los Angeles or, or, or stressed out in the 4th of July I understand it now because like Los Angeles, it just sounds like a war zone. And it's super cool because there are fireworks everywhere and it's really, really pretty. But like it just like the noise is just everywhere. It sounds like the city is is just like being raided. It's crazy. Yeah. And
0: when we were driving up like one of the streets, like the fireworks are like, literally being set off there. And it's really scary to
1: look at. Like you could like burn to death. It is, especially like a lot of them get the crazy professional fireworks, which I'm pretty sure they shouldn't be doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them are huge, and it's very impressive, and it's kind of like a cool culture, like a cool city culture to experience. But at the same time, just like, oh my god, so many people are blowing off their hands. Today.
0: Have you ever seen those like videos of like those um, like Fourth of July fails where people like set up the firework like all over their home?
1: Those videos like give me anxiety. I, I don't understand. I mean. Coming from Hong Kong, we've seen some pretty, like, spectacular fireworks displays. So fireworks were never really all that impressive to me here. And yeah. so, like, I never thought fireworks were that big of a deal and certainly not big enough of a deal to, like, put yourself at risk for. Um, so, <laughs> and so those, those videos just, just freak me out a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so aside from these Chinese food today, let's talk about all the things you got to eat this week in L.A.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I've been here for so long. It's it's kinda hard to think of. Well, you made me that amazing seaweed soup. Was it the day after? Oh uh, so for during fourth of
0: July, uh we obviously hit a grill out like everybody else. We were with a lot of people who were like pescatarians and vegetarians, so a lot of the beef like didn't get ate. Yeah. So then we took all the beef home and I washed the beef, like, to get, like, the um spices that were under or off. Mm-hmm.
1: And then I cooked it into, like, the Korean seaweed soup. It was delicious. And we used the wagyu that I had grilled the day before. And it was a wagyu steak. And did you yeah. ever get a chance to try any of that soup? Actually, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So you should definitely try it and eat a piece of the meat. So, like, you know how stewed meat can be, like, kind of tough when you boil mm-hmm. it? Because it was wagyu it was so tender it was so tender it was like really it was cooked obviously well done because it was boiled but it was so so soft compared to like what normal stewed meat was and i was thinking it was like this is kind of like because we grilled it already we got to enjoy it in the best way that we could so it was not exactly a waste but a lot of people would have said oh putting that meat in soup would have been a waste but honestly because it's so soft and tender and juicy it made eating it boiled a really nice experience. Like it wasn't tough or chewy or anything like that. It was just, it had a bite and it was good. It was so good. And I was like, oh, so maybe even just like using these like super high quality meats in the most simple and like, I guess, cheapest way, it says something about it. I hope Wagyu becomes like a lot cheaper and more widely available for that reason that people can start using it for. I guess, like not just grill type things. We could just start using it for anything. People already use it for burgers and that doesn't really do much to it anyway. I
0: mean, I like to think that like the meat was tender because um I cooked the soup with love and care
1: and uh, with my expertise. That works too. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, you also made that, uh, my favorite like multi-grain rice. Mm-hmm. Rice, yeah. Which I used it the next morning to make a sashimi and ikura bowl for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you can get ikura delivered now from H Mart is so nice. Yeah. Something about, like, ikura for breakfast. You know, like, it's salty and fishy, but it's just, like, so satisfying. Yeah. And it's rich, and, but not heavy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of interesting breakfast, we got to eat Padma Lakshmi's sag this morning as cooked yes. by the Korean vegan. That was like celebrity on celebrity and it was spicy and it was delicious and it was vegan and that reminds me that we had vegan pizza the day before with the Korean vegan and that was so nice and eventually I hope she invited you to go on her podcast I hope you go on, she's amazing
0: yeah I would love to and also earlier this week we had um, Korean barley rice mm,
1: what was this that place, place called? called porikogae That was like I probably the most special experience I had here, and I probably will have here on this trip. So, if you've never had like a
0: Korean barley rice um, combo before, uh, it's called yarmul bibimbap. Basically, you get like a giant bowl of barley rice, and then on the side, you get like a mountain of different side dishes. But these aren't just like any side dishes. These are like, for the lack of like better word, and being cheesy, they are made with love. You could tell that like everything was like made freshly. Everything was, like, made in the house that they're using, like, the best ingredients they possibly can. And you don't get, like, just, like, one or two side dishes. You literally get, like, ten side dishes. No, no, with more than ten. We posted a picture on our um, One for the Table, like, Instagram. Like, feel free to go check it out. First, they start you off with a little sweet pumpkin porridge and toasted rice water and some, like, crispy seaweed. And then after that, they bring the barley rice, and, like, a giant platter of side dishes. It's, just like, more side dishes than you'll see at any restaurant. And each side dish all taste like, perfect and delicious. And, like, a little sesame chicken stew. And also, um, like, a fermented bean soup. And then also, like, more, like, salads. And basically, you take all the side dishes, and you can add much of it, if you want, in the barley rice bowl, and you mix it all up. And it tastes so delicious, and it's so healthy and you feel full but it's like not a gross full it's like
1: a satisfying full yeah you definitely feel like you're you can't eat anymore but you don't feel bad it's all like fermented stuff and it's all it all just feels so fresh and so good um Mm -hmm. again you're you're satisfied but you're not heavy but we also had the um marinated crabs which were excellent there too spicy I'm so happy that um
0: spicy marinated crab like went viral on the social media. It's like a highly thought item, like for yeah, like a lot of just like foodies. So even everything those like like spicy crab pools, where they like squeeze the no, meat and all that.
1: My TikTok has not been serving me very good content lately. But among threads, and threads is really fun. Has been fun for the past couple days.
0: Okay, so let's talk about threads. Okay. So obviously like Elon sucks. Mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg sucks. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the general consensus, Elon sucks way more. hmm And people have been like looking to escape Twitter for a while. And yeah. everyone was like searching for like the new app. And it's yep. been annoying for me too, because um every time a new app comes, I have to like go and like quickly register like my username so it doesn't get taken. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the way Threads did it, you know, because Mark Zuckerberg already, like, owns Facebook and, like, Instagram, it's like, well, these accounts are connected, so, like, you get your username on here. (laughs) Yeah. And they just made it, like, so easy for everyone to, like, transfer over. Like, it just seemed like a—it doesn't feel like you're, like, starting over. Right. It's like, oh, all my friends are already on here. Oh, all my friends are, like, already following me again. So, I mean, like, that's kind of like a
1: smart business move on Mark Zuckerberg's part. Yeah, for sure. He saw an opportunity because Twitter is an actual cesspool slash dumpster fire, or at least like the child of a cesspool and a dumpster fire. And he understood that, oh, okay, so there is some money that could be made from this. Twitter was making money off of ad revenue before Elon took it over and fired everyone and now it's hemorrhaging money. Um, but with that being said, like it just needed to be a place that wasn't toxic and fascist and just a place that was fun to be on again. And being on Threads these past couple of days, it felt like day one of camp. Everyone was so happy. Everyone felt so like liberated. It was a breath of fresh air. Even though everyone was like, this managed to be like Zuckerberg's biggest glow-up since frickin' facebook just because like, people wanted out of twitter so bad but there was nothing else everything had like a code wall that you had to get into you couldn't get into something unless you had a code from someone else this one it was like everyone everywhere all at once was on threads including brands including so ultimately like i think it's gonna do really well i've missed Being on Twitter, like I'm still on it, but I don't I didn't use it as much just because it wasn't a good place to be on. But now it's just so it's a breath of fresh air. And all the people that were good on Twitter and the people that were like, you know, kind of like Twitter celebrities and stuff, they're all drifting back to threads. And yeah, it's just nice. One thing that
0: I am fearful, though, is... Just based on Mark Zuckerberg's history and the way he ruined Facebook and Instagram, I feel like he's, like, waiting to, like, get the users on threads. And he's going to try to find some dumb way to, like, monetize. Yeah. Which is, like, inevitable. Yeah. It could happen, like, next month. It could happen a year from now on or maybe a couple years from now on. But it's going to happen. Yeah. By then it's going to be like too late to like go anywhere else from threads, you
1: know? I mean, I'm still also on spill spill is really fun too. Spill was made by two um, black Twitter employees who got fired and they made one and it's like mostly uh black Twitter just like flock to it. And it's just like a party there all the time. It's got like a Tumblr slash Twitter vibe. So a lot of people communicate with gifts and photos and videos it's it's really really fun over there too but that being said threads is open to everybody like you know there's no, no there's no waiting list or anything like that i i'm i'm not really sure that zuckerberg was responsible for like the downfall of facebook i think the boomers kind of made it ruin kind of ruined it just because it be it slowly became a toxic place on its own zuckerberg I'm not defending him because he still like sold everyone's information. And he's like responsible or had a hand in like, uh, what is that? Was that company that sold information during the elections or whatnot? Cambridge Analytica, that whole fiasco. Yeah. That's still like all him. And he still does look like a Borg, but he did this right. He messed up the metaverse. Uh, (laughs) he, he put all of his money in the metaverse and like, His hit product this past year happened just to be like a Twitter clone. But he's good. I mean, you can't say he's not good at copying other people's stuff. I mean, all social media, to a point, you know, they all just copy each other, right? They do. Like the way, like, Mark Zuckerberg, like, dissolved Snapchat, pretty much. Yeah. Which is all to say, like, follow me on threads. I'm pretty funny, and Kim's just famous, so. Oh my god, shut up. (laughs) There's more to me than fame. It's true. You're also shady. Oh my God! There's more to me than I, just being shady. You are famously shady on Twitter. Come on.
0: I just tell it like it is. <laughs> and
1: John is notorious for
0: um doing it like the old people way, where he'll tweet something, and then he'll make a video of his exact tweet like word by word, and then he'll just like, that is make a not... video of him saying his tweets out
1: loud. Listen, listen. That is I'm called. I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> I don't know why you're yelling at me. I don't know why you're getting all angry. I, I work smarter, not harder, and I happen to be a writer. So naturally, if I just you know recycle some of my content, you recycle your content too.
0: Not in the way you do it. Oh, and I was like, mm, John is like repeating this tweet. He must
1: have really loved.
0: Um, <laughs> he must have really loved that tweet. <laughs>
1: well you know what it, it, it they oftentimes are they oftentimes do well on their own right so if if one is funny as as just a written tweet and the other one is funny as a performed video then who am i to and also they don't even like cross-pollinate like you know there are no gens there were no gen z people on twitter so half of them didn't even get to read that thing mm. yeah 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 <laughs> All right. uh,
0: Should we take a quick break? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do that. And just like that, welcome back to One for the Table. All right. So, John, do you have a sweet
1: tooth? Yeah. So over the break, I had two and a half cookies, and they were wait, what's the brand called? Uh, This isn't sponsored. I just really do. Brady's Bakery. Yes. Brady's Bakeries. And they weren't bad, but I just have an issue with insomnia cookies, these cookies, any kind of cookie, even the nicer ones from like the fancy bakeries. What is the deal? Why are they always so sweet? They're like too sweet, painfully sweet.
0: Same with like um, crumble cookies. Have you had the crumble cookies that are like super popular?
1: I don't know, but I imagine they're they're probably popular
0: because like whenever I see in social media, people are always like slamming. It's either like aesthetic influencers saying like, oh, I get to try these cookies from Crumble Cookies or like people keeping it real saying like, oh, these cookies are garbage. But anyways, um, my personal experience with Crumble Cookie was it was like mind-numbingly sweet, which like overly sweet things are fine if there's like a nuance to the sweet, but there wasn't like a depth to any flavor. It was just like pure sugar high
1: yeah do you ever get that thing where you're like you have sh- so it's something is so sugary that it almost burns your tongue yeah and when it comes to sweets like i need a little
0: depth you know like i need like a little bit of right. like, sweet and salty or i taste like a Nuance. little butter yeah or you know cinnamon like any other flavor it can't just be like sugar
1: Right, and I can't tell if they're doing it because sugar is a preservative. Maybe cookies preserve or last better in delivery if they're, like, really, really sugary or whatnot, but it doesn't really matter. Like, yes, we bought these cookies because you were craving cookies the other day, and you had to fulfill a minimum order, and I finished that minimum order. And they have all of these flavors, but they're all just variations of, like, really, really sweet. And it's not even luxurious sweet or rich sweet it's like cheap sweet it's just sugar not too much chocolate not too much strawberry not too much fruit not too much oatmeal raisin or whatever it's just sugar and it's not pleasant
0: you know i think that's just like the problem with like late night deliveries a lot of the places that do deliver late night cater to like these crowds that are like looking for like high or drunken munchies True. It's for the same reason when you're trying to get like a meal after ten o'clock, in a lot of the cities, a lot of the options, only options that you get are like pizza, wings, yeah, and insomnia cookies, and fast food. Yeah, and I think like a lot of these places, they care less about making like
1: something truly uh, like delicious, like intricate
0: flavors, and you know, like things that are like nicer, but more like less sort of a cheese, less sort of a grease, less little of a salt, less little of a sugar to yeah. satisfy people that are you know mm. like drunk or high.
1: But, like, when we order it, we're not drunk or high, but we're, no, we're but, craving it.
0: But we're, like, one in a million. More. Generally, like a lot of people who's ordering
1: oh, delivery oh, so sweet.
0: at 10 o'clock aren't people that's trying to, like, eat healthy, you know?
1: Well, not even healthy. I just want something good. I mean, I would order cookies in the day during the day if if they were good cookies. If you gave me something like like a good salty, like an actually decent balance of like a salted caramel and something. I would say,
0: there are a lot of great bakeries that make great cookies, but those right. bakeries all close early, and they sure aren't delivering after
1: ten p.m. That's true. Maybe like Gold Belly could like hook us up with some good recommendations, if only we Gold can get a sponsor. Cheese.
0: I'm not sponsored either, but Goldbelly Belly actually has, like, a great selection of stuff.
1: You can get Detroit style pizza delivered. You can get Buddy's Pizza delivered on Goldbelly. You can Holly. also
0: get, like, bagels from New York. You can also get, like, special items like, oh, my God, this one time they sent me this delicious, oh, my God, I don't even know how to describe it. Parts of it were, it was, like, three different types of pie stacked together mm-hmm. as a cake.
1: Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. It was like a
0: pecan pie, pumpkin pie.
1: So did you eat one slice and it was like three types of pie and one slice of cake?
0: Yes. What the
1: hell? That sounds
0: ridiculous. I was like, I have never seen anything like this, but
1: this is cool. Goldbelly was like my main source of gifts over last... When I say gifts, I mean like work gifts. Like I sent my managers and their assistants all like things from Goldbelly based on like what I thought they would like. So... I sent somebody in California, like a deli, deli kit from, um, New York. I sent the one in New York, a taco kit from California. And then I sent some Detroit style pizzas to like the assistants. There was, it was so convenient and it was so like easy to make something thoughtful. And I think it's so much more interesting than sending like just booze or flowers or balloons.
0: You know what? I, I appreciate, like, flowers and
1: altar beauty, but I do not appreciate getting flowers. (laughs) Really? I... That that being said, I like receiving flowers.
0: No, like, I completely understand. I understand, like, a lot of people love to, like, display the flowers in their home, and... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like my home is, like, decorated into, like, an inch of my life, and... Basically, like, every time I put flowers out, I'm just waiting for it to die, and then I toss it out.
1: See, this is, I think, where we're different. Like, I definitely... When Jeremy O'Harris was like, I have a flower budget to like renew flowers every week. So it's like a permanent thing in his house. And I loved every time I could go in his house, like walking into his house and seeing flowers. And I was like, I want to be a flower budget, bitch. I want to have flowers in my entryway all the time. One day I will. See, for me, like if someone's going to give me flowers...
0: I'd rather them just take that money and, like, I don't know, spend it on themselves. Because, you know, like, flowers are expensive. and They are. And I appreciate them, but I appreciate them, like, in the wild or other people's home.
1: Yeah. You know, like, and also, like, I'm
0: rarely home anyway, so, like, I don't know. I don't really want flowers
1: in my home. That's also the thing. Like, you're not home enough to, like, let alone keep it alive. But by the time you get back from a trip, they're probably dead and moldy. Yeah.
0: And you're more yeah, like a no. homebody. Like you're I'm totally a homebody. So like you yeah, maybe you appreciate the flower. And you also have someone to appreciate the flowers with.
1: Yeah. Little John likes the you flowers know. too.
0: Like you have your partner and, and I'm sure you guys like making the place look nice. For me, I'm just like, i don't everything to take up space in my <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Hopefully someday I'll be a homebody with a flower budget. That would be so great.
0: I mean, you could make the flower budget.
1: Yeah. Uh- I can't justify that right now.
0: <laughs> it's just like re- using your resources in a different way.
1: I know. I know. But I'm saving up for a Bottega bag.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, yeah. John really wants the Andiamo oh. bag from Bottega Veneta.
1: Everyone's talking about this bag right now. And I've wanted it for months. Uh, And, and now everybody has
0: John's wanted that bag ever since it first came out, and he was like, "Oh, that bag looks really classic. Um, I want it." And but he didn't get it. And then, somehow, in, like the last few months, this bag became like the hottest bag, like in the world. Oh. Like it became like the most sought after, like trendiest bag. And the design itself is very classic.
1: <laughs> it looks so great. I mean, like it's a bag that I could actually like see myself using. Every day. Like, it's got that, it's got a tote quality, it's got functionality, it's really, really good looking. It would have been my first like
0: letter. So, the more you use it, you know, the more better it's going to look.
1: Well, right now I can't afford it, nor will I be able to find it because everybody wants that bag anyway. I'll have to like look for the next thing. It's okay to like popular things, John. I like popular things, but if it's popular, it's hard to find. And I'm not spending any more money than it already costs on secondhand market stuff.
0: You just got to find a good second-hand bag.
1: Yeah. pre I yeah. as they call yeah. it. So if, if you're out there and and you're looking to get rid of a medium-sized Andiamo in the chocolate brown, drop us a DM with the Don't me drop
0: medium. Drop John a DM. He's the one that wants
1: to buy. Why say us? I mean, like, the one for the table podcast. Because we also need yeah. questions. I mean,
0: yeah, it might be better if you just, like, direct message John.
1: <laughs> Maybe
0: since he wants that bag. But I hope you... (laughs) One way or another, I hope your bag fantasies come true. Because the accessories are a window
1: to a person's personal style. Being your friend has really, like, opened me up to, like, these kinds of nicer things. I didn't used to pay attention to these kinds of things, but I definitely do now.
0: You know, it's called elevating your taste level. (laughs) When I first met John, he was carrying a raggedy
1: Herschel... You still call me Herschel sometimes, and there is nothing wrong. The Herschels are perfectly fine. I had, like... Herschels
0: are great bags. They're great quality. But the one that John was carrying was raggedy.
1: It served its purpose. It was a chest bag, and it worked very well.
0: Yeah, to showcase poverty. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously, people have to know that I'm joking, right? I'm not making fun of anybody in poverty. I grew up in poverty.
1: No, y'all are y'all free to cancel her if you'd like. Just just, just, just leave me out of it. Oh, then um,
0: let me let me expose <laughs> all the um problematic deaths John has ever said in the past.
1: <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, man.
0: Y'all should hear when John calls me on a daily basis when the cameras aren't rolling.
1: What do I call you?
0: I'm not going to say those words.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. I'm
0: not that kind of a person
1: you know i would not call you anything bad but yeah i remember we had like one question on instagram that was pretty good and i'm pulling it up one question sounds sad which it is but that's all we have so we're gonna go ahead but we also got a mention from padma lakshmi which is very cool and what, she is what, amazing what, what? wait someone actually dropped oh my god what is this photo
0: okay focus focus find a question
1: no, somebody sent a, a picture of you from 2016 in really old drag. Do I look good? I mean, you kind of look like Trixie Mattel.
0: So That's what happens when you have, like, limited reference to drag.
1: <laughs> you think everybody
0: <laughs> fucking looks like Trixie Mattel.
1: I mean, it was the big wig and the bow, and the I think it was, like... Weren't you guys hanging out a lot together in 2016? 2015?
0: I mean, we were working together a lot, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we maybe, maybe maybe oh, were doing something out too because we were friends, but then also, yeah. She was busy, and I was busy, and we were busy. Hashtag book them
1: blessed. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, uh, this is from Dylan. He says, hey, I have a question for the pod. I grew up avoiding tomatoes, but then I grew up to love them. What's either of your favorite tomato-centric dish? You go ahead and take this one first.
0: I want to hear from the chef first. You tell me first, and then I'll tell you mine.
1: Tomato sandwich.
0: It is so simple, but it is also the most delicious thing in the world.
1: It is literally a celebration of the perfect tomato. Like
0: Like you take giant pieces or giant pieces of like an heirloom tomato, perfectly ripe. Yes. Don't refrigerate your tomatoes because they get mealy. Yes. But also don't let them sit on the counter too long so they get like overripe and mushy. Like, just go to, like, a farmer's market or, like, a specialty grocery store and pick them up and make the sandwich that day. (laughs) And you cut them into big, delicious, juicy slices, and then salt and pepper them. And then you get, like, a nice, crusty piece of sourdough, and then you're going to toast that bad boy. And after those bad boys are toasted, but also you don't want to like, too toasty. Because also you want, like, a little, like, soft fluffiness to, like, engulfed. You like you want to hug the tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Not, like, put the tomatoes, like, in between, like, a couple pieces of brick. So you just, like, slightly toast it so then outside it's crispy and then inside it's still, like, pillowy and bouncy. And then you take a mayo and you spread those bad boys with mayo all over. And it's okay to be <laughs> generous with the mayo because... We eat with our heart, like literally. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're going to place those tomatoes in between the two breads. And you're going to close up that bread and you're going to slice that bread in half. And you're going to open up and see those perfectly ripe heirloom tomatoes just perfectly cut. Yeah. And you're going to take a bite of the sandwich thinking, wow, this is so simple and basic. But first, you're going to like, the first thing your teeth is going to touch is that crusty bread. And you're going to hear a little crunch. And you're going to munch down on that soft, pillowy bread next. And while your tongue is feeling the bread, your teeth is going to bite into that tart tomato. At first, it's going to be a little tart. And then all the juice is just going to burst in your mouth. And the combination of salt, pepper, mayo, and the tomato juice it's going to work as magic inside your mouth. It's all coming together to this creamy, tart, tangy sensation. Mmm. <laughs> and that is why we love tomato sandwich in the summertime when the tomatoes are in season. Yo. And use the good tomato. And you know what? If you can't find a good heirloom tomato, Roma tomatoes are fine. Any tomato, as long as it's perfectly ripe and it's perfectly firm... Hell, if baby tomatoes are all you can have, slice up those bad boys in half and put them in your sandwich. But what's really important is probably the
1: bread, right? (laughs) Uh, I actually have, like, a favorite tomato varietal for tomato sandwiches, and that is the... It's called the Hungarian Heart. They can be probably anywhere from, like... Up to three pounds heavy just for one tomato, mm-hmm. and they're in the they're in the shape of a heart, and they're like the perfect tomato for this because they're super flavorful, but like not too mealy, mm-hmm. and not too watery. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of torn on the bread thing though. Like on one hand, yes, I love a toasted sourdough. I also like I like a little like pumpernickel toasted pumpernickel is great too but i also like plain white bread or japanese milk bread toasted like a softer bread like that that's also like kind of satisfying like sometimes i want that crunchy toastiness but sometimes i want just like soft white bread like i don't want any i don't want any resistance whatsoever
0: i mean what i described was basically my preference oh, there's for no sure. wrong or right way to make a tomato as long as you have bread mayo and tomato yes like, there's no failing. Just get whatever of each, you know, from the category that you like.
1: If I definitely would not mayo, make one of these.
0: Tellman's mayo, homemade mayo. Hell, use Miracle Whip if you're into that because you're a
1: psychopath. Like, oh. you know, it won't make you happy. <laughs> but I definitely would not make this in the wintertime. Like, I they, they have to be summer ripe right? tomatoes. Like, they have, have to be in more of like,
0: grilled cheese and tomato.
1: Yeah, I can see that. That's fair.
0: Because, you know, the grilled cheese itself is very, like, rich. And When you add that slice of tomato and you grill it, the tomato provides all the moisture and adds a tang to your grilled cheese.
1: But also you have to realize, you have to remember that not everyone lives in California. And, like, tomatoes are truly awful in, like, cold places in the winter.
0: That is also true.
1: Yeah. Like, I would... There are There's a reason why a lot of people in cold areas and cold states, like, just don't like tomatoes. They just really have never had a decent or good tomato in their entire lives. I guess
0: if you don't live in California, <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is a good substitution? What? Raw onion.
1: But onion?
0: Sliced. Raw onion? Raw onion, under grilled cheese.
1: Oh, I was about to say, like, with mayo and white bread. <laughs> no, no,
0: no. no. Like under a grilled cheese like Oh nice yeah yeah
1: yeah Yeah, yeah that's, that's fair Cause it's, it's good in the same way that Like putting onions in a smash burger is good
0: And you know what else is good in grilled cheese
1: Curry You put
0: curry in everything I do put curry in everything But um Pickles yes.
1: yes Yeah
0: Pickles on grilled cheese
1: Yeah Delicious do you like sweet pickles or do you like just uh, salty pickles?
0: Um, I like both, uh-huh. um, but like with different things. I guess if I'm eating like barbecue or something, yeah. I prefer like sweet pickles. But if they're going to be like, if I'm making like, I don't know, egg salad or like, or burger or, you know, just like something like savory, then I like tart pickles.
1: Yeah. I think for snacking I like tart pickles like butter pickles and stuff like that. Like on I can eat butter pickles on its own. I can't eat a salty pickle on its own. I needed to eat it with something.
0: Oh I could eat a salty pickle on its own.
1: I know that's too much for me.
0: Have you seen like the um that new hot dog at Disney that everybody's like raving about? It's um it's a corn dog, but inside of it it's a whole pickle. In the middle of the pickle, there's a hot dog. And you dip it
1: in peanut butter. Like, whoa, okay. (laughs) At first, it sounded like a pickle, hot dog, turducken thing, and now it's in peanut butter, too.
0: I know, right? I haven't tasted it. I can't imagine what it would taste like, but then also I can at the same time.
1: Peanut butter, pickle, hot dog. Corn dog. Corn dog. Peanut butter. So it's a hot dog inside of a pickle, inside of a corn dog, dipped in peanut butter. Yes oh i would probably just want a bite of that i'm not sure i could i
0: don't know if i want to eat the whole thing but i would like a bite i guess it's something you get and share with your friends just to try it out
1: right yeah 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 it's and it's probably one of those things where it's like i well maybe maybe a lot of people could eat the whole thing but I, i imagine it's just something that you would want to just taste maybe but maybe it works i don't know i honestly can't picture it
0: also um Going back to the uh, question, oh yeah. I didn't answer what my favorite tomato dish was.
1: Wait, that wasn't, that wasn't your favorite tomato dish?
0: Yours was the tomato sandwich. I have yeah. given my answer.
1: Oh, I thought it was, I thought we both thought the tomato sandwich was the favorite no, tomato No, I agreed dish.
0: with you, but oh. is it my favorite tomato dish?
1: Nah. Oh, okay. Well, tell us your favorite tomato dish. Okay. My favorite drum roll. <laughs> I don't
0: know why I'm <laughs> making a big deal out of this. <laughs> drum roll. My favorite tomato dish is tomato and egg. Mmm. So let me let me let me explain it for those listeners that aren't familiar with Asian cuisine. With um,
1: Chinese stir fried tomato like, um, or
0: like Chinese style uh. soft scrambled eggs with tomato. Over a bed of fragrant jasmine rice. Mm -hmm. Now, there's many different ways to make this. Let me tell you how I make it. You don't have to follow the way. Everybody has like their own sauce. You know, every family has like a different recipe for it. This is just how I make it. So I take three tomatoes. I cut two of the tomatoes into big chunks. And then one tomato, I chop it very finely and small. And then on a hot pan, it has to be like a hot pan. Um, I pour in the eggs um, that have been beaten. And when the pan is hot, the um, egg like fluffs off a bit. And you quickly scramble the egg like while it fluffs up in the heat. And while the egg is like still like wet and it feels like it's like undone, you pull it from the heat. And then in that oil, you throw a little garlic... And you throw in the chopped tomato, lower the heat, and then you saute it all together. And the tomato and the oil and garlic kind of like melt into like this thick sauce, almost like a tomatoey sauce. Mm-hmm. And then you add the eggs back into the sauce and you lightly toss it. So then the um, eggs get coated in this like tomatoey sauce. And then you add the big tomatoes in there. And then you just, like, finish, like, you don't want to saute it too long because you don't want the tomatoes to be mushy. You just, like, lightly salted until, like, they're heated. And salt and pepper. You pull it off the heat. And, oh, and then also I add, like, a little soy sauce when I'm, like, salting like, the chopped tomatoes, too. Yeah. And some people like to add ketchup. Some people like to add hoisin. Some people like to add oyster sauce. Everybody does it differently, but that's just how I do it. And you put that on a bed of jasmine rice, and it's, like, the perfect combination of, like, like creamy from the egg, and then, like, tangy from the tomato, and, you know, like, soft and fluffy rice. I don't know, it's just delicious. Yeah. And it's just also, like, a very simple dish to make, but a lot of Chinese restaurants have it on their menu. And I always like to order it when I see it on the menu, because I just like to taste, like, how that restaurant cooks it, because everybody does it slightly differently. And it's also a very satisfying dish to like share. And it's especially when you're eating like spicy Szechuan food, it's kind of like nice to have it aside, like a dish to like
1: mm-hmm, clear yeah. your palate down. It's a school that a lot of like Chinese school kids would eat like during their lunch times in the cafeteria or after school at home because it was something that was so easy, cheap, and like good to make. Yeah, I remember getting these. I remember eating that when I was younger, and it was always one of my favorite things. Tomato egg and rice is so good.
0: I think egg eggs might be my favorite protein.
1: I would agree. I think so too. I like I like egg. You know what? It's not that I I like egg more than everything else, but I feel like I would miss egg more than anything else if I would have to eliminate it.
0: Like I feel like, and as much as I love like these proteins, I can live without chicken, beef, lamb, rabbit, mm-hmm. fish. Yeah, I mean, again. I don't have a reason to limit it for my diet, so I don't. But if I had to, for whatever reason, like, I wouldn't be as upset as if I'd have to give up eggs.
1: And egg is the most versatile, too, because you could do a whole bunch of stuff with it. You can steam it and fry it. Yeah.
0: And Americans thinks, like, eggs are just for breakfast, but that is so much true. It can be eaten breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
1: Little John and I eat omelets for dinner, omelets and rice for dinner all the time. And generally, for some reason, whenever we do that, we sleep really really well
0: Mm, because it's like full and satisfying but also it doesn't like
1: it's not heavy heavy yeah and i think like the combination of like egg and rice has the amount has like the right amount of like fat protein and carbs where you you're not craving anything over the course of the night so like nothing diet based is like waking you up it's weird to think that you need some carbs before going to bed otherwise your body wakes up but it is a thing that happens so having, like, a balanced but light meal before bed, which generally is, like, almond rice, is, like, a perfect meal for that, is, a, is like, one of the best things that we do for sleep.
0: And you take any dish and you add, like, a fried egg on top and it just elevates the dish, like, so much.
1: So it makes it slutty. Like, a fried egg on anything just makes it a little bit slutty. It's like so good. Like,
0: yakisoba, add a fried egg, slutty. Add like a curry rice. Add a fried egg on top, slutty. Slutty. A burger. Burger. Add an egg on top, slutty. Slutty. Yeah. Like egg egg is just. I don't know. Egg egg has so much power.
1: Right. (laughs) It does. It is so like a croque madame. Is that the one with the they put the egg on top? Yes, because the egg is like kind of like like even that it made a sandwich not a sandwich anymore croque madame's are sandwiches that you have to eat with a fork and knife and it is so good because of that stupid egg mm-hmm. oh my gosh Ugh, I, I love being a croque madame
0: and then even like um it's good on top of fried rice it's good on top of i don't know Very nice. and then also you can like boil it and like mash into like an egg salad
1: that whole like the tiger the chinese tiger eggs where they boil take boiled eggs and then fry them afterwards those are so good that's so, oh, so
0: good too because the outside it's like
1: crispy chewy, and then mm-hmm. like is like soft and fluffy yeah and that's like an easy thing anyone can do is like all you have to do is like hard boil an egg and then like literally fry it in oil and then it gets like all brown and crusty at the top and then you take that egg and then you toss it in whatever sauce that you want. It could be any kind of sauce, but where did we have it? It, it was, it was, um. Oh,
0: Diana's mom made it. Oh us.
1: yeah, Diana's mom made it. Diana's mom made it and she put it in the, Hong uh, uh, the, um. The pork. The yes, 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 yes. The twice cooked pork belly sauce. And that was so good.
0: Oh, uh, egg just has the power to make anything feel more substantial while being so cheap, while being so versatile.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not that cheap anymore, but... Oh, it's still cheap
0: in certain places.
1: Yeah. can you believe that it was as expensive as it was during, like, when the bird flu hit all of the egg farmers.
0: I actually heard it wasn't a bird flu.
1: It was. They killed them all because it was a bird flu that was going through all the factory farms. So they had to kill them all before, before they started affecting people again.
0: so sad well at least um chickens were produced at a crazy
1: rate so. <laughs> they do they do if it weren't for factory farms if it weren't for like the terrible way that they're raised chickens are actually like the most eco-friendly form of animal protein mm-hmm. one of the most which is weird I don't to mind, think
0: like spurging extra for like um good chicken like good chicken eggs
1: yeah pasture-raised chicken and pasture-raised eggs yeah. So so nice. That was the answer for, for uh that was the tangent that we went off of talking about tomatoes. I love eggs. Can we have eggs for breakfast tomorrow? Yes, let's have eggs for breakfast tomorrow. And that is our show today, because that is our time.
0: Alright. Well, thank you so much for listening to us rambling as usual. <laughs> uh if you like what you heard, um you can follow us on our one for the table Instagram. Um Follow, share, like, subscribe, follow us on the threads if you want. You don't have to, but you're a hater (laughs) if you don't, and we don't like haters. (laughs) And also, um, John has this book that's um, on pre-order right now, just coming out in October.
1: Oh, you remembered. Um, I did not. (laughs) Thank you.
0: You should order um, his book that um, he doesn't want to talk about for some reason.
1: I totally forgot that I have to put on my book. Yeah so my book kung food by john kung is available for pre-order now and yeah it's always pre-orders are always really helpful to the writers
0: and also i would love to see like um asian chefs um cookbook hit number one or new york's best time seller or someone you know like it'd be cool
1: yeah that would be awesome i mean well eric kim did manage to do it with korean american last year that was amazing i'd love to see
0: it over and over again it just doesn't end with eric kim
1: (laughs) Okay. Yep, please pre order my book. Thank you. All
0: right, bye. Good night.